are not much more close than you, O oh, you of little faith. Now, little faith is not something bad. It's, 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 it's still growing. At least it's there, you know. So when people question, well, will God take care of me tomorrow, you know, am I going to have what I need? That's called little faith. But they need to grow into something more than that. All right? So common faith and little faith. Number three. Number three is Luke 8, 13. It says, They on the rock are they which when they hear receive the word with joy. And these have no root in them. There's no depth. Which for a while believe. And in time of temptation fall away. So there are people who get saved. But they, they don't stay with it to, to allow their faith in God to grow. And then they give up. What, what is that called? Temporary faith. So people go from common faith, little faith, temporary faith. It comes and goes. One day it's here, the next day it's gone. So that is still a part of growth. But if they stay in it, even, even if they have temporary faith, if they stick with it, if they stay in the word... If they hang on, they go to level four. And level four is called strong faith. Isn't that wonderful? Strong faith. And that is if there's root there, you know, if there's grounds to go deep, deep, then they go higher. Now, if they give up, well, they fall away. I've known many people who began in the faith. When, when In the 70s, I remember in our church, people who came in with great joy ended up going, going back on drugs or other things. It was the Jesus movement days, you know. The Jesus movement. And many of the hippies back then in the 70s were, were getting saved. And I got saved in those same same years. I was not a hippie. I didn't, you know, have do drugs, any, any of that. But, you know, there was a great move of God that just swept millions into the kingdom. And I remember some of the people in church who just fell off. They began to question this and question that. And I didn't know then that they had temporary faith. But then you go on. Strong faith. Well, what is strong faith? Strong faith is mentioned in Romans 4.20. I love this one. He staggered not. He staggered not. People that don't stagger, you know, they don't go through turbulence and, and fall off. It says, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, Abraham, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. He didn't look at the circumstance. He didn't look at his own body. And he said, and, Billy, and, being, fully, and being fully persuaded that what he promised, meaning God, he was able to perform. Isn't that awesome? He looked at his own body and said, well... Even though I'm getting old, I believe the promise more than I believe my body. Strong faith. It's that strong faith that we see over and over in the life of Abraham and other saints. And other saints. It refuses to take no for an answer. It laughs at symptoms. It laughs at circumstances, it laughs at oppositions, it laughs at the things that look like it's not going to work. 
but they laugh at it. A lady named Joan Gieson, many of you may remember her, used to work with me. Her girl was healed in one of our crusades. She had a real serious illness. And the doctor, she, she went to see the doctor with her daughter. And the doctor began to say to Joan, he said, well, it's really only in your mind she's on remission. She rebuked him. She said, my God healed her. And she's healed. Don't you tell me she's not healed. And he tried to give her a medical explanation of how sometimes people go through phases where they look like they're okay, but they're not. She just let him have it. That girl is still alive today and strong and healthy. Because Joan said, I am not going to believe what you say, doctor, because the God I serve healed my daughter. That's all there is to it. And walked out. <laughs> Just walked out. Or a dear lady, Bobby Rendell was, was her name, had cancer. Bobby lives on the west coast of Florida. Healed in one of our meetings back in, in, in OCC. Goes to her doctor. She, was in, she still is in real estate. Goes to see her doctor and he starts to put questions in her mind. No, she says, I'm healed. Don't tell me I'm not healed. What? Who are you to tell me I'm not healed? She walks out. She's still healed. But when people allow, you know, people or doctors or pastors or this or that to, to weaken them, they stagger at the promise. It says he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strong in faith. He refused to say, he refused to listen to, to whatever somebody said that was negative. Strong faith. Hallelujah. Okay. Now let me give you another one that is really good. I love this. After strong faith, we come to great faith. Great faith is in Matthew. You all remember the, the story in Matthew 8 verse 10 uh, where, the, where the man came with absolute confidence. It's the faith of that centurion that understood authority. He said, Lord, just speak the word. You just speak. You don't have to come under my roof. Don't come to my home. Just say the word. I know you are. You have authority. So this is the faith that refuses to doubt or question or reason. It has absolute confidence in the authority of God's promise and in God himself. It rests on the promise. It, it, it counts the thing that has been said done regardless of the outward evidence. And now it gives thanks for the answer from the moment it asks, even before it gets. One who thanks the Lord before he gets it has great faith. Because anyone who says, Lord, I praise you, even though I don't see it, is like the man who says, Lord, speak the word. You know, you don't have to show up to my house. Just say the word. I know, I know my son will be, my servant will, will be healed if you just say it. So basically he was saying, I understand your, your authority. When we praise him, that's what we do. We say, Lord, I understand and I bless you for your authority. If you say it, it's, it, it's already done. It's done, you see. All right, let's go to the next one. I love the next one. 
Number six, I'm almost done. Number six is active faith. Active faith is mentioned in James 2, 14 through 20, 26, where we work it. We actually start living it. So great faith becomes active faith when we begin to walk it. I start living it. I step out in faith. When, when the Lord called me into the ministry, I simply start, you know, stepped out in faith. I was 21 years old when I, when I began preaching. And I had this stutter so bad, and I was afraid of what would happen when I begin preaching. But everything in me said, I'm going to do it. I, yeah, it was a long walk from my chair to the pulpit. And, and, and believe me, it was only maybe like you know, 10, 10 feet away. And I thought it was the longest walk I ever took in my life. But when I got up there in perfect faith in God, was sorry, in, in active faith in God, the Lord just suddenly touched me. And my tongue loosened. So I've I've been there, but in in crusades, when I tore people's braces off, what do you call that? Active faith. When I pulled them out of wheelchairs and broke their canes and said, "Now, now you gotta walk," <laughs> and they did. People would marvel and say, well, "How can he do that?" Faith in God, the Lord, you know, anoints me. That's all that I really needed. Okay, number seven, and I'm done. Divine faith. Divine faith is Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. But Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Whoa! The faith of the Son of God. This wonderful Jesus who loved me and gave himself for me. Ah, and now, because of that divine faith, that perfect faith is called, you know, we understand. When you read Hebrews 11, that whole chapter is about this one faith, perfect faith. So he wants us to reach that place. Everything mentioned in Hebrews 11 is the highest kind of faith that he's talking about. Because when you read Hebrews 11, and you read through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice. By And by that faith, Enoch was translated. And by that faith, Noah, you know, built the ark. And by that faith, Abraham went into the promised land. Which faith? Not the common one, or the little one, or this or that. It was that Perfect faith. Hebrews 11 is the story of men and women with perfect faith. And that's what God wants you to have. And I'm ready to believe that for you. And with you. Come on, stretch your hands. Let's believe God. Father, in Jesus' name, bring them to that place. Lift them to that level where perfect faith will become a part of their daily walk with you. That we become a people in that list of Hebrews 11. That we would be just like them in our faith. That we would please you. For that's the one that pleases you, Lord. Without perfect faith, we cannot please you. We give you the praise. Lord, bring them there by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. How amazing, you know. Uh, what kind of faith pleases God? Common or little or 
temporary? Uh, not really. What pleases God is when we get to that perfect place. Thank you, Lord. That's Hebrews 11. Now listen, I want to talk to you quickly. Um, I want to ask many of you to become partners with our ministry. And I want to send you a beautiful uh, instrumental. You can download it as my gift to you for becoming a partner. The Lord is expanding our ministry beautifully. And our studio now is going to be built in the next few days. You're going to see it in, in, in a few days when I do these dailies. You'll be seeing big screens behind me and beautiful stuff. And we're expanding now on more and more platforms. We're building our own network on social media, our whole channel, 24 hours a day. And I'm asking many of you to become partners with me. So for $50 a month, I'm going to send you, and many of you can do that. If you can, do whatever you can, where you become a regular giver to our ministry. And anyone who will become a partner and give regularly between 30 and 50. I'm asking for 50 because we can do way more with that. Okay, and you know that. But I want to send you that beautiful CD that I have for you. And all I need you to do is send me an email today and let me know that you want to become a partner. And that is to Pastor Benny at BennyHinn.org. Again, Pastor Benny at BennyHinn.org will send you the information and you can join. But now also it's time to give to the Lord's work. And I want to remind you of the promise from Genesis 26. How, how Isaac sowed and reaped a hundredfold in one year. I want to ask God to do that for you. I really feel something in my heart. I want to believe for you and with you that what you begin to sow, what you will sow, will come back a hundredfold. And it will come back in this year. This is 2021. We're in July now. Let's believe God that what you sow will come back to you a hundredfold by the end of the year. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we pray. Just like you gave Isaac a hundredfold return the same year, give it to everyone that begins to sow in the name of Jesus. I give you the praise, the glory, and honor. Gospel said, Amen and Amen. And send me your prayer request. If you have a financial need or any need, send a prayer request also to the same email. Take a look Pastor at this Benny at Benny.org. Because inside All right. this machine, you can sew your seat on the platform you're watching me on, or you can go to our website, penny.org, or you can simply text it, BHM45777. And remember, the gift for this month is the names of God that you can download by going to our website. I'm going to send you the 12 names of God free of charge for the month of July. And all you have to do is go to our website right now, or once when you have a moment, to Benin.org and simply download it right from there. Much love. Shalom.
This is the day that the Lord has made, and guess what? I will rejoice, and I'm going to be glad in it. I'm going to enter his gates with thanksgiving. I'm going to enter his courts with praise. I'm going to be thankful, and I am going to bless his name. You have something to bless him for today? You have a reason uh, to give God glory today? Is he your majesty in your life? Is he king of kings? Is he lord of lords? Is he the zenith and apex of your desires? Is he number one on your agenda? Come on. Come on this morning. Um, we can't play with it. We got to be serious about it. We got to be we got to be kingdom or nothing. We got to be kingdom or nothing. God needs you to sell out. He needs you to sell out for him. He needs you to go all out. He needs every aspect of who you are. He wants you to bring everything you got to the table this morning. Everybody share. Everybody invite. Everybody share. Everybody invite. What a great day. I'm excited about God. I'm excited about this day. I'm excited about what God is getting ready to do. I'm excited about what God has in store for you today. A lot of y'all don't realize that God has miracles standing in line waiting to get to you. <laughs> God's got miracles and blessings and breakthrough standing in line waiting to get to you today. I need everybody, everybody, everybody to lock into this room today because God's going to say something to you that's going to be life changing. And then we're going to pray and uh, we're going to believe God for the supernatural. We're going to believe God for the supernatural. We're not going to be satisfied with the natural. We're believing God for the supernatural. Lord of Lords. Y'all come on in. Let's get as many people in here as we can. Prince of peace, you are. Mighty God. Oh my. Come on, y'all. Come on in. Come on in. Come on in. Come on in. Is God on the throne of your heart? Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Majesty. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. All right. I need everybody, everybody to invite everybody, share everybody, invite everybody, share. Uh, really quickly today, I started yesterday kind of talking to you all about um, God resetting and rebooting your, your lives and resetting you emotionally. Start talking about God healing those areas. That's really what a reset is. It is when God heals those areas of your life that have been out of whack, out of control, uh, beyond your ability to manage. God wants to heal those areas. And um, 
you know, as I, as I, as I prayed and I thought about the reset that God is getting ready to do. First of all, we know the, the prefix re means to do again and to reset, um, is really God bringing you back to, back to the, the original design, back to the original design. That's what God wants to do with your life. God wants to bring you back to the original design. And God gave me a revelation. And, and I'm, I'm probably going to preach this at some point. But God, God showed me that the reset that he's going to do in your life and the stuff that God is going to do for you, in you, and through you, and by you, uh, is really almost like the reset that happens with your phone. How many of you have ever had your phones reset? Ever had your phone start acting crazy and, and, and you had to have a reset? Now I'm not talking about the reset that you can do at your house. I'm talking about the hard reset. Uh, that, that only the manufacturer can do. I'm talking about when you gotta bring it into the place you bought it from. You gotta bring it into the place you got it from. Um, my phone was acting crazy. I could not figure out what was going on with it. Uh, I had done everything I knew to do. You know, I had pressed the function button, holding the power at the same time doing my little soft reset, but then it dawned on me at a certain point that this thing was beyond my control, and I had to bring it in uh, to Apple. I had to bring it in to the people who designed it and made it, and, and God showed me right there. The first step to resetting your life is simply this. If you're going to reset your life, first thing you got to do is you got to acknowledge when your life is malfunctioning. Did you hear what I just said? You got to acknowledge when your life is malfunctioning. Let me tell you why most of us can't experience a reset. It's because we are so busy lying to ourselves and making ourselves believe that everything is all right. Everything is cool. Everything is, is good. Uh, we don't have no problem. We don't have no issue. Everything is fine. No, it's not. And if you're going to ever reset your lives, if I'm going to ever reset my life, if we are going to ever reset our lives, guess what? First law of resetting is acknowledging. I got to acknowledge, God, this ain't going right. My thoughts are not right. My heart is not right. My spirit is not right. My mind is not right. I got to acknowledge I cannot do this religious church thing that many of us do. I can't be sitting around here acting. I always say, you know, if Hollywood ever runs short, some of the greatest actors in the world are right in church because we teach people how to act. Act like everything is all right. Act like you're good. Act like nothing's bothering you. If you're going to reset your life, first thing you got to do is you got to acknowledge that there is a malfunction somewhere. I'm not functioning. 
I'm not functioning the way I should be functioning. My heart is not functioning the way it should. My emotions are not functioning the way they should. My mind is not functioning the way it should. I will never reset my life until I acknowledge I need a reset. I wonder if there's anybody watching me today, anybody in this room today who can honestly say, God, I need a reset. I need a reset. I'm tired of living beneath the standards you're set, you've set for me. I'm tired. I'm tired of, of living beneath the standard you set for me. I'm tired of living beneath my privileges. I'm tired of not experiencing the kind of joy, the kind of peace, the kind of power that you said I'm supposed to experience. So first thing I got to do is I got to acknowledge when I'm malfunctioning. But the second thing I had to do was once I acknowledged that there was something wrong, guess what I had to do? I had to put my phone into the hands of people who were more capable of handling it. I had to put my phone into the hands of somebody more capable. Well, if you're going to reset your life, guess what? You have to put your life into the hands of somebody more capable. At a certain point, you got to be so broken before God. You got to be so humbled before God. And you have to be so ready for change that you say, Lord, I give you my life. I give you absolute and complete control of everything that pertains to me. I found out I can't manage me. I found out that, that, uh, you know, what I do is not working. As a matter of fact, I found out that I cannot lean to my own understanding, but in all of my ways, I gotta acknowledge you and I gotta let you do the work in me. If you're gonna reset your life, you got to put your life into the hands of somebody more capable. The mess you're in today, is because of your own management. The stuff you are experiencing today, that I'm talking about the stuff that brings you pain. I'm talking about the relationships that you chose. I'm talking about uh, the choices you made. I'm talking about the moves you decided to, to make. Those are the reasons you're in the shape you're in today. And at a certain point, like I did with my phone, you got to realize God's hands are more capable than mine. So God, I give you myself. I love that song. I give myself away. Some of you, as a matter of fact, all of us need to give ourselves to God solely, wholly, completely. I'm talking to you. You need to give yourself to God completely from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. You need to say, now, Lord, I am putting my life. I'm putting my choices. I'm putting my decisions. I'm putting my relationships. I'm putting every move I make. As a matter of fact, I'm giving you my life so much until on, if I don't hear from you, I won't make a move. If you don't sign off on it. I won't take a step. I am not going to allow my life any longer to be governed by my administration. 
So first of all, I got to acknowledge when my life is malfunctioning. Secondly, I got to put it into hands that are more capable. But then thirdly, get this. When I gave my phone to the person at Apple, this is what they said. They said, now, I'm going to do a hard reset on your phone. I'm going to do a hard reset on your phone. And this is what you need to know. For a little while, your phone is going to shut down. For a little while, your phone is going to shut down. Now, some other stuff is going to happen when your phone shuts down, but we'll talk about that in a minute. They said for a little while, you're going to experience a shutdown. There's some folk watching me right now. And God is resetting your lives. And you have been experiencing the shutdown. Why do you think friendships have been shutting down? Mind you, unnecessary friendships. Why do you think people uh, who have been poisonous to your life and poisonous to your potential have been falling by the wayside? Why do you think uh, things that you thought were very necessary in your life have been shutting down. You're experiencing a reset. And sometimes before God can reset you, sometimes before God can reset you or in order for God to reset you, he's got to shut down some stuff in order to open up some new stuff. Who am I preaching to right now? Who am I talking to right now who has been experiencing the reset? You've been trying to figure out, Lord, what's going on? Seem like everybody's falling off. Seem like seems like relationships are just dissipating and and people are just leaving one after another. What you need to understand is many of the folk that are leaving your life are not leaving willingly. God is driving them out of your life because they were the very people and the very thing that was wrecking your life and God says if I'm going to reset you if I'm going to reboot you he says I'm going to have to deal with some of these unnecessary relationships I'm going to have to cancel some people's contracts in your life I'm going to have to disrupt your commitments and, and your unions with some people I am going to have to bring you to another place and in order to get you to another place I'm going to have to move some of the old mm. I'm going to have to move some of the old people some of the old mindsets some of the old opinions some of the old connections I'm going to have to I'm going to have to disrupt that stuff in order to ignite what should be in you I got to move some people how many of you have been going through shutdown? How many of you have been going through shutdown? And you've been trying to figure it out. What in the world is going on? God's resetting you. God's resetting your life. As a matter of fact, God is taking uh, from some of you, he's taking the appetite away for certain relationships and certain people. You've been wondering why your feelings have been changing concerning certain people. It's because God's taking the appetite away. God is taking the appetite for certain places. 
and certain actions and certain events and certain things. God is taking the very appetite for those things away from you while he is resetting and rebooting your life. The man, when I gave the man my phone, he says, now what I'm going to do is I'm going I'm I'm to do a hard reset on your, on your product and for a moment, things are going to shut down. Don't worry, it's coming back, but it's coming back better. <laughs> it's coming back, but it's coming back stronger. It's coming back. Oh, my God. I don't know who I'm talking to right now. I want you to know that you have no business crying. You have no business having panic attacks over the stuff that is shut down because what God is getting ready to do is bring you back right. He's getting ready to bring you back with strength. He's getting ready to bring you back with power. God is resetting your life. Final thing that happens is before he resets and before it shuts down, he says to me, he says, now, are you okay with losing some of the stuff that's in your phone? I'm talking to somebody right now. He says, are you okay with losing some of the stuff that was in your phone previously? He said, because the only way I can get it right is, is you're going to have to lose some of the stuff that wasn't saved. Wow. He says, you're going to have to be okay. I'm not going to do it unless you're okay with it. You're going to have to be okay with losing some of the stuff that's been slowing your phone down. He says, you're going to have to be okay with losing some of the stuff that's been hindering the operation of your device. You're going to have to be okay with losing some stuff. And I don't know who I'm talking to, but I know you caught the revelation. If God is going to reset your life, I, I just got through telling you God's going to move some stuff. But if God is going to move some stuff, you're going to have to be okay with it. Now, okay doesn't mean it ain't going to hurt. Because some of the people that God's going to move and some of the things that God's going to move are things you are very fond of. People you're very fond of. People you've developed relationship with. And God says, listen, he says, I need you to be okay with me moving some of these stuff these things and some of these people. I need you to be okay because I can't reset your life. I can't give you a new you with the same old crew. I cannot give you a new you. It, listen, I read to you the other day what God says to Abraham after he separated from Lot. God starts talking to him and God says, now I'm going to make you a great nation. And now I'm going to do this. And now I'm going to do that. Or in other words, I couldn't do it until you consented to separate yourself from Lot. 
Who am I preaching to? God's getting removed some stuff and God's getting removed some people. And you got to say, Lord, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. I ain't going to fight you on this. I'm going to trust you on this. I, listen, listen, I, I want to hold on to them. I, I've allowed them to get in my heart, even though I know they're no good for me. I've allowed them to get into my heart. But guess what? If that's what it takes for you to reset my life and reboot me and restart me and renew me, I'm okay with it. Whatever and whoever I got to lose. I need you to say that this morning. I need you to say with me, say, God, I'm okay with it. God, I'm okay with it. I need you. I need you to say it. Come on, because God made you a free moral agent. He's not going to force change on you. You got to want change so badly that you're willing to say, okay, Lord, I'm okay. I'm okay with it. Come on, people of God. I need you to say this morning. I need you to say, help me say this. All over this room, wherever you are, I need you to say, God, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. it I ain't gonna lie, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't seem good. I, I don't necessarily understand why. But guess what? I'm okay with it. So when I told the man I was okay with it, the man rebooted my phone and gave it a hard reset, one that only the manufacturer could do. And when he gave me back my phone, my phone was operating right. But he gave me one more suggestion. He says, listen, he says, a lot of times your phone is slow and it's not operating the way you want it to operate simply because Hear this, hear this, simply because you leave too much stuff open. Did y'all hear what I just said? He said a lot of times your phone is running slow simply because you have left too much stuff open. Who am I preaching to? Who am I talking to? And then he began to show me how to how to shut down stuff I had open. He, 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 he began to show me how to shut it down. He, he opened my phone up and he, he tapped a button twice and all of the stuff that I had open was there on the screen and he began to just shut it down. I wonder who I'm talking to today who, who has not been functioning properly because you leave too much stuff open. I wonder how many people in this room have been experiencing success, but it's not as 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 it's not as as quick as it should happen. Stuff you should have gotten last year, you're just getting it this year. Because you got too much stuff open. And and, and it's slowing your progress. It's not stopping you but it's slowing you. I want to admonish every person who's watching me today. If God is going to reset your life and if your life is going to function at the capacity and at the level that God has designed it to function at, 
You have to shut down some stuff. Stuff like hatred. Stuff like unforgiveness. Stuff like malice and anger. Huh? You got you have to shut down some stuff. The issues of your heart that slow the motion of your life, you're gonna have to shut it down. I'm talking to somebody right now. Today we're gonna pray. I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta get out of here. But today I want to pray with you. And today we ain't praying about no Cadillacs. We're not praying for, for Lexuses and we're not praying for diamonds and Rolexes and all of that stuff. Today I am praying that you will close some chapters that need to be closed. That you will turn your life over into the hands of somebody more capable. I'm praying that you will acknowledge that you're malfunctioning and you're not operating at the level or the speed you're supposed to be operating at. And I'm praying that God will be given the liberty to reboot your life. Father, we put it all in your hands. Everything that pertains to us, we give it to you. Every issue of our heart, every issue of our mind, every habit, every addiction, every struggle, yes, every emotional place uh, that we should not be operating in, every emotion that that causes us to walk and live outside of your will, stuff like hate and animosity and uh, evil thoughts and maliciousness. We put it all in your hands today. We ask you to reboot us. We ask you to reset us. We ask you, Father, to have your way. We ask you to move anything out of our system that should not be there, anything that does not represent you, that does not look like you, anything that causes us to walk in a way that does not please you, today we surrender it and we submit it to you. Father, let your blood cover. Glory to God. Let your blood cover. Let your blood cover our thoughts, our actions, our intentions, our will. Today we submit our will to you. Glory to God. Today we mean it when we say, not my will, but your will be done. Father, have your way. Break up everything in us that's not like you. Break up that spirit of pride. Reset our hearts. Break up that spirit of, of pride and arrogance and ego. Reset our minds. Help us to realize that without you, we are nothing. We can do nothing. Without you, we, we are about nothing. But with you, we are a royal priesthood, a chosen generation. We are the head and not the tail. Reset our thinking today. Father, we give it to you. We give it to you. We give you every struggle. We give you every fear. We give you every tear, everything that causes us to be emotionally unbalanced. We give it to you today. We ask you now, Father, to take up residence in us, but not only take up residence, take over our lives. And we bind depression. 
We bind agony. We bind fear. We bind anxiety. We bind, come on, come on. I need you to declare it today. I need you to declare it. I need you to decree it today. Everything that you're putting under the feet of God, everything that you're trampling on today, everything that you're taking authority over, every mountain that you're speaking to, I need you to declare it today and declare that you are operating in victory where that thing is concerned. That thing will no longer control you. That thing will no longer govern you. That thing will no longer, will no longer hinder and hamper your life. Because today, God, we give it to you. In the name of Jesus, we love you and we honor you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I dare you to lift your hands and tell the Lord, thank you right where you are. Come on. I dare you to lift your hands and tell the Lord, thank you right where you are. Glory to God. Today marks a new beginning for somebody. God's resetting you. God's rebooting you. God's restoring you. God's renewing you. Glory to God. God is doing a new thing in you. God's doing a new thing in you. Now, listen, I got to go. But today, um, every person who wants to sow into the kingdom of God, I want you to do it today. Uh, you can do it on our church's website, www.newhomeministries.org. Secondly, you can do it through the Givelify app. Just put in New Home for Gospel Ministries. You see a little picture of me and a bigger picture of our church. And then thirdly, you can do it through text to give. NHFWCBR 54244. NHFWCBR, New Home Family Worship Center, Baton Rouge, 54244. I, I got to go today. Y'all know I'm flying back to New Orleans today, uh, but I just had to spend these few moments with you today. I love you so much. 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 I know that uh, I'm kind of rushing out today, but I have to go. But I want you to know that God has something special in store for you. And today is going to be marvelous. Now, you all make sure that you meet me tonight, 7 o'clock, for Bible study. Tonight for 7 o'clock, uh, Bible study. I want you to meet me right here on Facebook and on YouTube. It's going to be absolutely amazing. It's going to be amazing. Also, Go and follow me on Instagram at srblakes, Twitter at srblakes. Subscribe to my YouTube, Bishop Samuel R. Blakes, and uh, follow me on Facebook. Uh, follow my profile, uh, Pastor Samuel R. Blakes, and follow my page, Samuel R. Blakes. I love you. I love you. I love you. You know what I got to say to you. Go get it because God says it's yours. Y'all pray for me today.